All right. Just let me know when we're ready. Now. Oh. Now we're recording. We're recording. Whoop, whoop. All right. Uh, do we want to record a little bit and play it back and make sure it's recording? Or are you comfortable and we're good? Okay. Ooh. Uh. Wait. Ooh. Uh. Okay. They're, they're moving when I'm moving. Okay. So we're good? And they're moving when you move. Um, let's still. Cool. Okay. Now we're good again. All right. Are we recording still? Yeah. Okay. Welcome to another edition of Mile 13. Yee. My name is Kim, and sitting across from me is the lovely Jackie. As always. And Casper, still off haunting people at this recording, um, but they are almost done. And so by the time this comes out, I think they'll be done. I know they'll be done by the time Honestly, this comes out. I don't out. actually know when they come back, because Casper's kind of disappeared for a while. Yeah. Well, faded. okay, so they might come back. They might not. It's fine. Um, but they're having way more fun than we are because they get to scare people all day. Well, not all day, but like at night, every night, I guess. A lot of the days. A lot of the days. They're having a blast. So uh, I got on Stitcher last night. And do you know what I saw? I think I do know what you saw. I saw the Mile 13 show is trending. Yeah. I was so excited. I don't know what time it was, but I texted Jackie who goes to bed early because she has to get up at four in the morning. And I was like, oh my gosh, you guys were trending. And Casper, of course, wrote back right away. And, and I was out. So and Jackie, I I was, <laughs> Jackie was asleep. World. But I, so thank you guys. Um, basically, uh, to it, we had a 400% uh, subscription increase in the last 30 days. Which is insane. That's amazing. So thank Thank you guys so much. I We really appreciate you uh, sharing us with everybody. Um, so if you are a new listener, welcome. Hello. Hi. Oh, and also, so now that we have the increase, we're going to be those people. Um, please share with people. Um, that helps us immensely. We, I mean, as of right now, we're not doing ads or anything. So this is free. I just like an ego boost to see the numbers go up. Yeah, so awesome. if you, well, I, honestly, so the punk rock part of me wants to be like, I really want ad companies to come calling and being like, hey, can you do our ad? And the punk rock part of me is going to be like, no, we're not a sellout. And then I'm like, but. <laughs> and I will say, <laughs> no, we are not in this for the money right now. We are in this the moment. We don't know how to yet. <laughs> because we love what we do and we want to keep doing it. And as long as we keep having listeners, we'll keep doing it for free with no ads. So that's a bold statement. Um, but also commenting um, only if they're nice things, uh, liking it. I, I don't know anything else. Just do anything good that involves our podcast. <laughs> it helps. Tremendously. Yeah. We're in a basement right now, so we'd like to... We're in a studio right we're, now. We're in a dope basement studio. Yeah. Um, I'm, we, I had to move uh, Bubba this week, though. It made me a little sad. Yeah. He's sitting in the window still now. I had to, Yeah. I had to put him in the window because his, his air plants in his orifices, and one of them died, and another one was kind of sad because we're in a basement, and so there's not a lot of light down mm-hmm. here, and so I had to move him to the window. And now, and I, so we have this, uh, I don't know what you call it. It's like a sun catcher kind of a thing that's rather large. What are you talking about? The little sun catcher thing that's up there in the window. One of the kids made it. Oh. Like you, you basically. It looks like stained glass kind, oh, of, kind of, but of. like. A, it does. Like you it's melt made it of, probably. That's what it is. It's beads 
like little plastic beads and you put it in like a pie pan and you melt it in the oven and that's what happens. So like one of the kids made it for me. So it sits in the window and I had to kind of scoot it a little bit to accommodate Bubba. And so now when B peers in the window at you, she's going to be peering through the stained glass and it's going to be extra spooky. I don't like that. You're going to see a hole of the skull. You see a little face. (laughs) You're going to see an alligator, a stained glass window and a cat. And a gorilla, apparently. A gorilla? You have a gorilla right there. Oh, yeah. So we added Harambe. <laughs> it's actually mean? not... I don't actually... That's not actually Harambe. We need to get... Um, we we want to get the, the Harambe picture of like... Uh, it's got like Harambe in front of an American flag or something. And it said something about Harambe stands for the flag or something. Anyway. <laughs> so that's... Uh, that's our house. We're going to talk about a very special house. Speaking of on houses. On the show. <laughs> oh. Wasn't that a good segue? That was a good segu. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Anything fun happened to you this week? Mm, uh, I went to, I think I was in Tennessee last weekend for a festival. Oh, yeah. Brandon played a festival last weekend. Good on you, Brandon. It was pretty cool. Uh, I liked it because it was a small festival, but the drive... The last like hour was all these back roads. Oh, were the leaves was, turning? Um, just starting to. So like it was oh, the okay. first hint of yellow, but it was on these little Tennessee back roads in the country, and it was so pretty. And the festival went really well. Nice. Um, but yeah, it it was it was pretty cool. Good. That's that's about it. Yeah, it's been. Uh, I mean, it's been an interesting week. I guess, kind of. Like, I, we, Jackie and I were talking before the show that I feel like a lot of my friends, like everybody in my life, is going through life changes right now. Like, one of our friends is in a new relationship, and one almost, of our... Almost official. I, I think... It's, it's going to be official. It's pretty much official. They're going to get married. They don't They're, listen to this, so... Yeah, it's fine. Um, so, one of our friends is in a new relationship with somebody that we absolutely love. One of our other friends had... Well, two of our other friends had a baby, their husband and wife... Oh, yeah. Had a baby. Um, Who's the other person? Yeah, no, her husband. Yeah. So um, let's see. Brandon uh, might be getting a new job. Um, My stepdaughter, Pamela, is... um, She is getting to do, like, this cool thing for work that I I don't even understand. My other stepdaughter, Sarah, started a new job that she absolutely loves. So, like, everybody but little old me is going on all this new stuff. You're going back to school. We had this conversation. Oh, You're going back to school. Yeah. But, okay, so my big life-changing event, I don't know if I mentioned this on the last show or not. I got a C on an anatomy and physiology oh. test. Where is it? <laughs> <laughs> Yay! I almost hit. Oh, that would have made me feel really bad. <laughs> but I finally got a C on a test, and I have another one <laughs> that I have to take. I have another one that I have to take in two days, so. Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. (laughs) So anyway, can we talk about spooky things now? Yeah. Oh, we're only 11 minutes in. That's okay. Oh, no. I meant that's a good thing. I thought we were going for like a half hour. Oh. Um, Yeah. So, hey, Kim, what are we talking about today? (laughs) We are talking about one of the coolest houses in the world. I would venture to say. Yeah, I would agree with that. The Winchester Mystery House Ooh. in San, is it San Jose, California, where it is. It's in the like Northern California. 
I was like, I actually didn't look that up. It's in San, Ho- San Jose. Yeah, yeah, San Jose. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. San Josie. Yeah. Uh, I, so I would venture to say that Sarah Winchester herself is every bit as interesting, if not more interesting, than the house in which she lived. Oh, really? The Winchester and Pardee families were the, like, she was, she is probably the most extra person that I have ever, ever heard of. Oh my gosh, yeah. (laughs) So a lot of, I'm going to just throw this out there, that a lot of um, my information comes from a website called The Truth About Sarah Winchester.com. Sarah with an H. So The Truth About Sarah Winchester.com. We are not even, we, we are barely going to scratch the surface of some of like the inner workings of Sarah Winchester's brain. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things on that website that it's a fantastic kind of like scholarly level mm-hmm. um, website. I, I'm not smart enough to understand half of the things that I read about. So if you really want to find out more about what, after you listen to the show and you hear about some of these things, if you really want to find out more about Sarah and what made her tick and how she worked, go to that website. Um, and it's, or if you plan to visit the Winchester house, go to that website first. Which you can do also. So they, the house, before we get into it, um, it has kind of turned into a tourist trap. They embrace, we'll get into it, but the the weird bizarreness of the house. Mm-hmm. And you can do, they do Friday the 13th tours. Mm-hmm. They do night tours. Um, right now there's a Halloween thing going on. Yeah. So like there's, it's a haunted mansion kind of thing. Yeah. And there's always stuff going on. So you, you can visit this and make a trip out of it. They're actually... Um, I was going to save this for the end, but we can mention it now. Um, you can buy for a, a two. There are several different tours that you can take. Like the baseline tour, it's not cheap, I don't think, but it seems like it would probably be worth it. The baseline tour is $40 for a ticket. Mm. But there are so many other things that you can do besides take the tour. There are multiple gardens. Um, there is an axe throwing space, which I, if you've never been throwing axes, I highly recommend it. It's super fun. If you look on our Instagram page, you will see Kim throwing an axe, I believe. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there actually might be one of me throwing two axes at once. I'm not sure. I've done that. <laughs> She's very passionate. About I, I love axe throwing. Um, so there is an axe throwing space. There's a shooting gallery. There are arcade games. Um, and there are also two museums on the grounds in addition to the house, uh, both of them are closed right now. I don't know if it's because they have their like Halloween thing going on or mm-hmm. if because they're doing renovations to the museums. One of them is an antique products museum and the other one is an antique rifle museum. Uh, so you oh, can go visit all so of those cool. things too. So it's definitely a full day of activities. Mm-hmm. So if you go to the Winchester house, take your, and there's a cafe. So when you get hungry, you can get some, you know, chicken fingers. They have chicken fingers like shown a picture of chicken fingers on their website. So they're, <laughs> they're very proud of their there things to eat and lots of things to do. So we're going to start back in, uh, before Sarah Winchester was Sarah Winchester. She was born Sarah Lockwood Pardee, and I hope I'm pronouncing her last name correctly, but uh, she was the fifth of seven children born to Leonard Pardee and Sarah Burns of New Haven, Connecticut. No one knows her birthday, like not even the year. 
Oh, really? Um, based on the few uh, pieces of evidence, the correspondence or whatever mm-hmm. that exist, estimates indicate that it was probably between 1835 and 1845. So That's a big gap, though. A 10-year gap, yeah. So somewhere be- she was born somewhere between 1835 and 1845. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. they know, nobody knows for sure. Uh, her family, the Pardees, were an upper-middle-class family. Father Leonard was a carriage manufacturer, um, and he actually made a bunch of money during the Civil War selling ambulances to the Army. Oh, wow. Because, I mean, they needed... He made carriages, and they, that's what they had to use back in the Civil War time, so he made a ton of money. Um, in New Haven, Connecticut, Sarah was... A child prodigy. Like, so she was super smart. Everybody knew she was super smart from a very young age. Mm-hmm. By the time she was 12, she could fluently speak Latin, French, and Spanish. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And not, and she was really, she was considered a great beauty, too. So she was the total package. She loved Shakespeare. She could quote all of the, like, Homer... And Shakespeare in Latin. Yeah, and the Shakespeare comes up later too. Oh, there she loved. Yeah. She loved her some Shakespeare. Um, she was a talented musician, like unusually talented musician. So she really, I mean, she She's was a grade A catch. She, I mean, she really is. And apparently, she was really nice too. Like she wasn't stuck up about it. She was mm-hmm. just, she was just, the, she was the total package. Um, eventually, she actually even earned the nickname "The Bell of New Haven," because she was beautiful and smart and witty and tr- like good at everything and nice. And uh, she studied at Yale and spent a lot of time around a lot of Masonic influences, which is going to come up later. Oh, okay. Um, And the fact that she went to Yale was kind of significant too. That's going to factor in later. So there's a lot of... um, There's a lot of kind of mysticism and magic and uh, sort of schools of thought Mm -hmm. going around at this time. She was... And it makes me giggle every time I say this. Sarah was a Baconian theosophist. So what's that mean? <sighs> so uh, she basically mean it basically means that she believed that the occult and religious practices and religious phenomena could be subjected to the scientific method. And that all of the occult and religion was based in scientific rationale. So you could test religious phenomena, paranormal phenomena? Yeah. So she kind of, it was kind of the the thinking and we could devote a whole show just to like multiple shows just to this. This is some of the stuff that go to that, the truth about com. This is some of the stuff that they really go in depth into explaining. Um, Basically, the way I understand it, uh, paranormal and religious experiences were the result of a higher level of thinking and awareness that was not yet understood by traditional science. So if you experience in her means of thinking, like she was all about the scientific method. Um, And so in her thinking... Basically, if you had 
it, it was almost like a Buddhist philosophy where you could train your mind to go to higher levels of existence and high and like understand like through science you could experience things and things could be explained because you know we only use 10% of our brains mm-hmm. or something like that I've heard so um she basically believed that you could there were parts of your brain that regular people hadn't learned to tap into yet and that those people that experienced otherworldly phenomena had just figured out how to tap into those parts of their brain so that they could see things that other people didn't I feel like I've heard that theory before in other places too. Rosic- I'm not going to, I'm going to butcher this name. It's like Rosicrucianism or something like that. It's there. It's, it's a for, like the Kabbalah. It's all like super magical, crazy thinking. So would that be the theory of I, okay. So a medium yeah. has the ability to tap in, if normal people can tap into 10% of the brain, a medium for some reason can tap into a different part, yes. and higher percentage, yes, and see things that can't be seen. That That is interesting. Yeah. I've loosely heard that um, in like really random context, but it was almost in like TV shows where it doesn't seem... Um, yeah. She, she basically considered the universe to be a vast living body where everything was constantly growing, expanding, and evolving. That's so profound. So, like, the universe Good. itself is alive. And we are, if you think, consider the universe an, a living structure, we are, we are, like, subatomic specks. That's so intriguing. That's a really um, like romantic way of looking at it. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. We are, we are all in. So in Sarah Winchester's mind, we are all intimately. It's like um, the spider woman theory that we talked about in, I forget which episode it was, but do you remember we talked about the, the spider woman at the beginning, at the center of the universe and like her web expands and we're all caught in her web and we're all. I okay, I do remember that, but I don't remember what episode that was. But was it on an episode or was it we were just talking about? No, it was part of an episode. I forget which one it was, though. I want to say it wasn't Savannah. It was an early one. It was an earlier one, but 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 she kind of ascribes to that same basic concept of we are all interconnected as bits of the same as one living universe. We are all interconnected as Mm -hmm. as bits that make up this one organism okay it's really interesting um so obviously a very very deep thinker uh now eventually she would get married her husband's family was not too shabby uh the winchester family um the patriarch was oliver winchester and his wife jane ellen hope they had one son william wirt winchester Oh, who would inherit everything? One son. Old man. William was born in 1837. Now, Oliver Winchester uh, wasn't a... He wasn't a weapons guy. Like, I mean, everybody knows the Winchester rifles. Like, that's Mm -hmm. the thing. Um, But the family moved to New Haven soon after William was born, and Oliver founded and grew a successful clothing manufacturing company. 
So he was basically not a glorified tailor, but he he was definitely a businessman. Oliver mm-hmm. was definitely had a, a mind for business, but he started in clothing manufacturing, not even anything to do with guns or rifles or like, you know. How do you end up going from like clothing to guns? I'll tell like- you. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. That just seems like such a random thing. Okay. Because he know. was a businessman. That's the number one thing. He was a businessman first. And so during this time period, like around the time period of the Civil War and like the years leading up to the Civil War, there were a lot, my understanding, now I'm not a gun person. I'm fine with guns. I just don't know a lot about the history of them and development stuff. in front of a gun safe. That's not mine. (laughs) (laughs) Steve's is not mine. And there's a sword on the wall. Continue. Uh, For decorative purposes only. It's like a good four feet long. It's literally like the size of my body. And so to even use it, you'd have to like, first of all, get it off the wall. What is it? And it's like one nail. Oh, no, I, can't, I can't stab anyone because of the nail. No, it's not. It's not actually on a nail. It is. It's a, a, okay. I realize how this sounds, but it's in a sword holder. Like, I know that sounds weird, but there's actually a thing that is nailed to the wall and there's like a, it's like a sheath. Um, that's got like a little, th- yeah, you have to, it, you can go look at it later. Like you have to pull it up out of this little sheath thing that is holding it. It doesn't look like an, it just looks like a sword. It is just a sword, but it's held on to the wall by like these two little, little, I don't even know what to call them. But trust me, it's, you have to pull it up to get it off the wall. So, so long story short, don't mess with us or else we'll stab you in the throat. I, I have a, I have a very sharp knife that is much more easily accessible than that sword, and I will shank you with it. You could freak someone out, though. Intruder comes in. You have freaking <laughs> Bubba over here. I'd be like, your sword. hang on, don't kill me. I got to go get my sword. I got to go get Bubba. Anyway, so... I don't know how we... What we were I don't. About. I don't know. Guns? Guns. Gun safe. Yeah. Okay. So we, I, we were, yeah, we were saying that I don't know much about guns. I know that guns exist and that I'm not a great shot, but I enjoy shooting. However, that's the extent of my knowledge of guns. But I do know that quite a lot of um, developmental technology was created around the time that that, uh, the Civil War was going on in the years before it. So, um, Oliver Winchester, the businessman, ended up in 1857. He bought out Horace Smith and Daniel Wesson, who those names probably sound familiar. Maybe, yeah. Even Smith I and know Wesson. Them. Yeah, Smith and Wesson. Um, he bought them out and they actually went and created then the Smith and Wesson company that is the Smith and Wesson that we know today. So um, Winchester bought them out of their unsuccessful business and then they went and started another business that was very successful. So when he bought them out, because they were floundering and not doing very well, he created the New Haven's Arm Company, which later became the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. Um, He had to change the name because basically like the head, the guy that was developing, like the head of development for the rifles, uh, he didn't feel like he was being treated fairly and being paid enough. And so he took Winchester to court and it was a big, ugly battle and like, Uh and he won. And so it was, Drama, drama, long story short, Winchester had to change the name of the company. Mm. Um, But he actually had very little to do with the manufacturing. He was, 
It would be like saying that whoever is running Ford these days knows exactly how to manufacture a car. Yeah, and knows how he doesn't. Yeah, he knows nothing about making cars. He just knows that he makes money off of it and he runs a business. And that's basically what Oliver Winchester was. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So um, in 1862, Sarah Pardee and William Winchester married. Uh, The two families knew each other. They attended the local Baptist church together. They kind of were running in the same social circles. Now in 1866, and this is super sad, in 1866, Annie Winchester was born. Mm-hmm. She was the Winchester's only daughter, but she died of a, a disease called marasmus a month after she was born, 40 days after she was born. And I'd never heard of this disease. I, I'd never heard of it either. I Googled it. Marasmus is basically, it's malnutrition. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So when you have marasmus, your body is not able to metabolize protein. So the little baby was getting... It wasn't that she wasn't getting fed. She was, but her body was not able to... Use the nutrition. Use the nutrition, and she starved to death. Took her... Oh, wow. Like, it took her 40 days to die, basically. It sounds horrible. Yeah. That was their only child. They never had any Never had any more. In 1880, Oliver Winchester died, so daddy died. So William, remember, he is the only son. He inherited the company. And a year later, he died of tuberculosis. And so he didn't have there, like, there's nobody else. So Sarah Winchester inherited everything. And when I say everything, that everything was $20 million at the time. No. No, in 1881 money, today, that would equate to more than $519 million. I don't even know what the number looks like. And in addition to that, she also got 50% ownership of the Winchester Repeating Arms Company, which earned her, it was basically worth $1,000 a day in 1881 terms. Today, that's the equivalent of $26,000 a day. Oh, my gosh. She was loaded. So she Super was, she loaded. immediately, she, she got 500, like in today's terms, $519 million, mm-hmm. more than that. And then she was making $26,000 a day for the rest of her life. So she can literally Plus, do whatever she wants. She ever. totally could do whatever she wanted. Twenty, and that was the baseline twenty six thousand dollars a day. Like she later got more, like a larger portion oh of the gosh. company. So she was getting even more money than that every day. She was like, she could fill up a bathtub full of money, and still have like, and like, like oh, this is from this hour. Yeah, basically, she was super rich. I don't. So this is really weird for me because on one hand, she has like a really good life, but then it's also filled with intense tragedy at the same time. Yeah. Like she's, she got married. She's smart. She's beautiful. She gets, marries a wealthy man who she was in love with Mm -hmm. the happy marriage but then also all this tragedy is happening at the same time. So it's weird because there's um, two very different sides to her life. Yeah. 
And she was, she later became known as something of a recluse. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine this is probably a big part of the reason why. Yeah. Like just the fact that her her life, she had an incredible life. And then there's tragedy, tragedy, tragedy. And then she does get this money, but under, she makes a lot of money, but then it is also at Who's she a really got to big sh- cost. Yeah, and she's got, because she's got nobody to share it with. Mm-hmm. I mean, she could have shared with me, but you, your great grandparents were not even born then, probably. Maybe your great grandparents. Well, no, I bet no. your great grandparents. My grandma was born in nineteen. She graduated in nineteen twenty something. No, no. Your grandma? No, hold up. My grandma's ninety six. Oh, she might have then. So your great grandparents probably were alive, but your grandma probably may not have been. Probably wasn't. No, your grandma wasn't alive. No, what are you talking she, about? Your grandma was not <laughs> alive in 1830 <laughs> years old. Your great grandparents were around, but your grandma wasn't even around. So mm-hmm. they couldn't have shared it with you. It's cool. I'm not upset, but I, it, I'm not taking it personally. Sarah, <sighs> it's cool. Continue. I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm, no, I, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you got going on? Okay. So from this point, there is, Definitely a very well-known legend kind of revolving around this house, which, I mean, you still really don't know a whole lot about the house itself. Yeah. But, so... We'll get to it. Yeah, the baby passed um, in 1866, and 14 years later, father-in-law died. Was it father or father-in-law? Father-in-law. Okay, father-in-law dies. year later, her husband dies. So that's a lot of, again, like, really close deaths in such a short amount of time. And, um, I mean, I feel like, I mean, there was 14 years between Annie and Oliver. Yeah. But I don't imagine that that her, so I've heard that the death of a child is not something that you ever get over from. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine watching your child starve to death and knowing that there is nothing that you can do about it. Yeah. And probably left. Cause she was born in 1840. Who? Sarah? Sarah. Uh, somewhere between, eight, yeah, 1835 to 1845. So she, from Things 24 to like 30-something, I'm not going to do that math, to lose a child and a husband, like even though it's yeah, really that's spaced true. out. That is true. You're still in your like 30s when he died. That's, if I think about that, Steve and I have been married for 16 years. Mm-hmm. And so that was, let's see, they got married in 1862. And he died in, yeah, so it would be just from the, so it would be just like a little bit longer than the time Steve and I were married. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like we've been married for, like, it doesn't feel like 16 years. Yeah. So I definitely could see. On paper, it looks long. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about it that way. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm (laughs) I'm also really smart and I didn't go to Yale, but I might as well have. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the first thing I think of when I think of Jackie is, man, she, she I really can't believe that Yale, Yale didn't call her. Yeah, they should They should have. But I would have made it like 10 minutes. Their loss. Mm-hmm. Now making this podcast <laughs> and making t-shirts. <laughs> I'm not going to do that button. I was gonna... <laughs> Anyways, okay. Anyways, back to tragedy and sadness. Um. So according to the legend of this house, William's death was so unbearable for Sarah that she she had a really hard time grasping it. And also with the death of her baby, 
there, there's just like so much going on that she kind she was looking for any answer that she could have. And because of this, she had brought a psychic into her home to communicate to her husband um, to kind of bring comfort to her and get a better understanding of what had happened. And in an attempt to get this comfort, she instead got this really horrifying warning. (laughs) Whoops. Yeah. It kind of turned on her. Um, So instead of getting comforted, the medium told her that her deceased husband was giving her a warning saying that um, all these deaths in her family was a result of like the blood money that they had made from selling these guns. So Mm. the... uh, the ghosts of people who had been killed by Winchester guns were seeking revenge on the family and kind of taking them out. Well, and also I would think the fact that her father manufactured ambulances for the army, like he was kind of getting some blood money too, if you think about it. That is true. Which I hadn't really thought about until just now, but like he was getting rich off of casualties and deaths and stuff from the Civil War. He he was selling the guns that shot people and put them in ambulances. I'm telling you, like it really, like so her father-in-law was selling the guns that put people in the ambulances that her father created. That is interesting. Full circle. It's a circle. Okay. <laughs> um, I didn't think about that till just now. Whoa. I neither. Uh, Brain just exploded. So, um, my husband's calling me. I'm going to ignore that. Okay. So, uh, the medium had actually told her that she was cursed and the only way to break this curse was to move out west. So she, she did it because <laughs> of a random medium. Um, and so she was told, though, by this medium that good spirits would guide her. She had to move west and build this house. Good spirits would guide her into making these uh, changes to this house and that pretty much she had to continually add on to this house and keep building, making renovations in order to confuse the bad spirits. And if she did this, she would live forever. Which, I mean, hmm. it, it it didn't work. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> because she hasn't given you any of her money, so... Yeah, I'm still waiting on that check. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so she had to... These spirits were chasing after her, and she had to just keep making these passages that change and making these constant renovations. And if she did this, she would confuse the bad spirits, and they would leave her alone. Hmm. So this kind of goes into the house itself. Um, Do you have anything to add on? I do. A little bit about Sarah. And after William died, she didn't move out west immediately. Okay. Um, She actually spent the first three years after he died just traveling the world. She just, I mean, because... A little bit of soul searching. Yeah, nothing makes you feel better than spending your husband's money. It's like that meme where you see... He's making $26,000. Yeah, I know. It's like that meme that you see of the guy like wiping his tears with $100 bills. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah Winchester. So she actually traveled the world for three years. Um, eventually she did move out west and she settled in the San Francisco Bay Area in 1884. But not only were so 
in addition to the legend of the spirits telling her to go out there, she also had several of her Pardee family. So her, her family lived out there. Like a lot mm-hmm. of them had gone West during the gold rush in 1849 and had settled in the Sacramento and San Francisco area. And one of her relatives, Enoch Pardee was a very well-known occultist and remember when I mentioned that she, uh, what, like that Yale was going to come back? Mm-hmm. He was a member of the Yale Skull and Bones Club. Now, Yale Skull and Bones Club, for those of you who don't know, is a super secret society. Um, is it still active? Yes. Oh. In fact, George H. Bush, like the, the younger Dad. George. Oh, no, yeah. the young, actually both of them were members of the Skull and Bones Club, if I'm not mistaken. It is a super secret society that allegedly has ties to the Illuminati. If you believe in the Illuminati, mm-hmm. it's the same kind like you don't talk about and you don't talk about the stuff that goes on in the Skull and Bones Club, but um a lot of the like the the movers and shakers in American politics, like mm-hmm. the people that make the decisions that affect your lives went to the Skull and Bones Club. It is it is oh. the good old boys club. Which sounds like a whole rabbit hole in and Oh, of man. The Skull... If you... Yeah, look up the Skull and Bones Club sometime. Um, and not only was Enoch Pardee a member of the Skull and Bones Club, he was also a Knights Templar Freemason. So the Freemason... Like, this Freemasonry stuff keeps coming back. His son, George, mm-hmm. was later governor of California, was actually asked to be Theodore Roosevelt's running mate. George, oh, wow. George turned him down and so did Sarah when Roosevelt asked to come visit her. So like the future president came to, wanted to come visit Sarah Winchester. She's like, no, no, I'm good. Yeah. So oh, man, the house itself originally, um, it was an eight room farmhouse in the Santa Clara Valley, which is now San Jose. And she bought it along with 160 adjoining acres. And she also bought 144 acres of downtown, what is now downtown San Jose. Um, okay, so she she, she moved a, out west, like the in in the lore, the medium said, mm-hmm. and bought this, I guess, smaller house. Yeah, it was an eight room farmhouse. Of, I mean, it was still a pretty big. I mean, it was eight rooms, so it's still pretty big. I would true. think for the time. I guess I'm thinking small um, compared to what it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, what it turns into. Yeah. So originally, it was an eight room farmhouse with 160 adjoining acres, and soon after buying the house, she hired about 20 carpenters and started adding on to the house, and she would keep working on it for the next 38 years. And then something I learned too, I don't know if you knew this, but um, I had read that she did pay her staff and treat her staff very well. Yeah. In fact, when she, I didn't realize that, but when she died, um, she divided her, her estate because she didn't have any children. Mm-hmm. So she actually divided her estate between charities and her staff. Oh, really? Yeah. So her staff is the, are the ones that inherited all of her, well, I mean, not all of it, because like I said, she gave some of it to charity, but like her Still staff. A, a huge amount yeah, of money. Yeah, so she, that's why I say she was a really nice lady. She was a mm. good person. Uh, she was the house's only architect. Like nobody else designed any of the things. It was mm-hmm. all her. Um, and at one point, the house was seven stories tall and had five to 600 rooms. But then in 1906, there was an earthquake. Yeah. And it brought the house down to only four stories. And from then on, she built out and not up. And didn't she, when the um, earthquake occurred, 
she just kind of walled off the damaged areas and then just kept building around them. Oh. Um, some of the features of the house that I'm sure Jackie's going to get into more, there's a labyrinth, like several labyrinths that include rooms within rooms. There's a staircase mm-hmm. to nowhere. There's a door to a wall. There are tiny doors leading into large spaces, skylights with the ceiling on the other side. There's a skylight in the floor. There's upside down pillars. Um, I've heard that was, they say that it's like an MC Escher house come to life. That's a good way to put it. Cause and that's that's one reason why this house is so famous is no one's honestly sure why she did this. Yeah. Like, there is the theory of meeting with this medium and maybe she went a little crazy, but nothing about the house makes sense. Like, she just, like, she didn't just add on, like, a room and then another room. She would tear down rooms, put doors where there weren't doors, and, like, nothing made sense with what she was doing. And that's that's why it's so famous today is there's so much mystery and it's it's so bizarre. And like she didn't make money off of it, so it wasn't a yeah. at the time it wasn't a tourist attraction right. or, or anything. Yeah. Um and all of this was going on. She was a recluse during all of this. So like the neighboring town was like I, I always think of uh Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Which makes it more bizarre too. Like not only is she doing this weird stuff, but she's not Talking to anyone. Yeah, and she would, they would write, sorry, people keep calling us. <laughs> um, she would, they would write stories about her in the local newspaper and she, like, really outrageous stories and she would just not bother to refute them. She'd just let people believe whatever they wanted to believe and she'd be mm-hmm. like, hmm. didn't say agree with them, <laughs> didn't disagree with them, just let it go. Um, when she died, supposedly work stopped immediately as in like nails were left half driven like everybody just when they found out that she died they just put down their stuff and walked away like they were just done oh wow but i would imagine that if she was as generous as it sounds like she was part Mm -hmm. of it was probably they were really heartbroken because they probably actually her staff and her workers probably really cared about her because she treated them really well so you have a lot of stuff about the house um, I have some stuff. So, okay. You had talked about this, but so when she had moved, um, at one point the house had over 600 rooms that were built during her life, but due to the constant remodeling, I think it's just so weird. Like, so there were 600 rooms, but due to the constant remodeling, when she had passed, there was only 160 rooms. Mm-hmm, which is what it stands at now. There's 160 yeah. rooms. Um, 161 because I think it was October of 2014, they had found another room. Oh. Yeah. So there's still rooms that people don't know about. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, because right now, so according to their the house's website, like the Winchester Mystery House website, it is 24,000 square feet. Yeah. It's, it it's sits on not like four, tiny. Isn't that, um, it sits on four acres of land. And I know the house takes up like a huge chunk of that. Mm. Like I mean, 24,000 square feet. That's huge. Yeah. That is literally over 10 times the size of this house. Yeah. It's, there's acres inside. There, yeah. It's, 
It's incredible. And actually, until this year, until I was reading, until the Halloween thing this year, no members of the public had ever been in the basement. Like, this is the first time that people are allowed in the basement. Which, could you imagine being the first group that went God, that would be so cool. That would I, be so... I'm sure that, like, all of the hardcore, like, paranormal people and all that, they were like probably... like, the elite people. Yeah, they were probably the first. first ones in that group. But yeah. then I would feel like that's not the public then. Yeah, you know that's I mean? true. Yeah. So maybe they had been down there already. Um, And... So with the house, because there's all these really weird um, nooks and crannies, like I said, a room was discovered like just a couple years ago. That's insane. That's 100 years old. And they'd found things like there was an old organ that was untouched. And like there was, it was fully furnished. And um, like over the years, they found these secret compartments that are literally everywhere. They found hair that belonged to the family. They're not They're not quite sure who, but it's definitely someone in the Winchester family. There was just like locks of hair. Like and, in a baggie or just like loose on the floor? Um, Like it, it didn't say how, but it, it wasn't like a creepy thing. It was like how people used to keep locks oh, of hair. Oh, like okay. So up. like a little, like in a satchel or like it pressed in yeah. a book or something. Yeah, not not okay. a scary lock. Okay. <laughs> like there's just somebody's scalp hanging out in this <laughs> random room. Yeah. Um, But no, so if you walk into this house, it is a literal maze. Like nothing at all makes sense. There's um, There's stairs that go up and end with a ceiling. And people think that um, Sarah had really bad arthritis. So they think maybe she started building it upstairs, mm. but couldn't walk upstairs, so ended it. But then that also doesn't make sense because the house is three stories high. And it was seven or four stories? It's four stories now. Yeah. It was, uh, I think it was seven, seven at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, there's, there's a door uh, on the outside, or on the inside of one of the houses where you open it up and it, it's at the end of a hallway. It's a normal door and you open it up and it leads to outside and there's several stories drop and yeah. there's nothing there. Like it just looks like a normal door. And uh, it's, there's just so many really weird things about it. Um, doors will open and lead to walls. There's doors in the back of closets that look like it's a, like you'd said, like a small opening and it'll lead into like the kitchen or something, like a main area. Mm-hmm. And it's just this really twisted and warped, like Alice in Wonderland kind of house. It, it, I actually weird. think that Lewis Carroll was a contemporary of hers. Like, I think he was alive while she was building this house, if I'm oh, really? not mistaken. Yeah. That, I wonder if any of like one inspired the other. I don't know. A Maybe. Correlation at all. Because she was really well read. So they may have known each other. I don't know. Yeah. Visited or she met him or something. Um, today, the house has, uh, it's 24,000 square feet. It's got 10,000 windows, um, 2,000 doors, 161 rooms, uh, 52 skylights, including one in the floor, 47 stairways and 47 fireplaces, 17 chimneys, some of which don't even go to anything, 13 bathrooms, six kitchens. Mm-hmm. Originally, to build it, it cost $5 million. That's the equivalent of $71 million today. Oh, my goodness. I want to talk about it. That's so much money. And then... so There's the, nothing to her, though. 
I know. That's like if you think about it, that's chump change. Right? What she makes in a day is like that's like a year's. A year. It's like a year's <laughs> worth of work. Yeah, and um, you had mentioned too all those fireplaces. There's one room where um, it's just a row of fireplaces. It's a big room and like, but I, I don't know the number and just like ten fireplaces along one wall. And that's the thing. There's 47 fireplaces, but only 17 chimneys. Oh, that is weird. And not, and I don't think all of the chimneys are like functioning chimneys either. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know that they're hooked to a fireplace necessarily. Yeah. I would believe that they wouldn't because that, yeah, that would make too much sense if they are all hooked. Up I, to yeah, a exactly. And it kills me that there's 160 rooms. I don't know how many bedrooms, but there's only 13 bathrooms. There's 40 bedrooms. Oh, 40 bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's only 13 bathrooms. Like, that doesn't seem like very many. And there's only one shower. Ugh. Yeah. What level is it on? Do you know? Oh, I have no idea. Watch it be on, like... Like, the, the cutoff area. Yeah, it's... The, um, it's, earthquake. like, in the earth... Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. That's weird. Yeah. And, um... <sighs> Sorry, I get, I get so overwhelmed to the house because there's... Like, it's an overwhelming like, things house. Things are upside down, and there's these optical illusions that they're talking about where, like you were saying, just things are just turned the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And nothing about the house quite makes sense. And, and like, she lived in that, which is really bizarre. Like, yeah. this is a almost like a fun house to us. And that, like, she ate breakfast in there. And, and if she was a recluse, like, yeah. She'd have to walk through the closets to get to where she needed to be. And it's just such a weird thing to process because now it's such a tourist trap. But this was literally her house and yeah. she planned every every little detail about it. Yeah. By herself. And like she didn't no one knows why. She didn't bring in architects. Like she didn't mm-hmm. hide like she did all the blueprints herself. She designed every little bit of this house herself. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that, oh, okay, I guess I have, I have one more thing before I get to ghosts. Um, so another weird thing about this house was Sarah was obsessed with the number 13. Oh, she was huge in numerology. Yeah. Which, do you touch on this at all? Not really. Okay. Um, so do you, do you know why she was? Because I couldn't find any reason that she was in. She just, a lot of it, I think, was just, like, she just really, really liked numbers and math, and, like, that was just her thing. And even, I, I don't understand numerology, and a lot of the the truth about SarahWinchester.com goes into a lot of that. That's a lot of the stuff that I was like, my brain can't process this. But even, so, her daughter, Annie, Annie was also the name of... Somebody, one of her sisters, I think. And so, but she assigned Annie numbers to her name. And like, first, there was some kind of thing about the, the her numerology with her name and the numerology with William's name was like a perfect match or something. Mm-hmm. And so it was, she thought that it was like a destiny kind of a thing that they were meant to be together because the their, their numerology matched up so perfectly and like, they're just all of these things throughout her life. She saw number patterns in mm-hmm. everything because she's smart. Yeah. Which and I'm not. <laughs> it's, it's weird because, so from, 
I focus more on kind of the ghost and paranormal side of it. And she seems very crazy, Mm. honestly. And it's interesting because your side, I'm sure, is based more in kind of the uh, concrete fact and the information they have on her. And she seems too smart for her own good. Yeah. So it almost seems like she was so smart that she kind of went crazy. She she almost sort of reminds me at this point in, in the show. Now, I am going to blow your mind and the listener's mind and completely turn you guys all upside down here in a few minutes. But at this point in the show, she seems like Ted Kaczynski. The Unabomber, oh, yeah. who was just so like way smarter than everybody else that he just way loony nutso. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. just wait, I have some tricks up my sleeve. Ugh. I'm I'm very intrigued because I feel like everything I'm saying is gonna be like garbage. <laughs> All your research wrong, wrong, wrong. You suck. <laughs> uh, okay, but no. So she she had this very obsessive um, quality about the number 13. And to this day, no one is quite sure why she was obsessed with it. Like there's a lot of speculation and it's probably accurate, but um, there's no, no real evidence as to why she was just so fixated on this number. And people know this because every single thing in this house, for the most part, if she could put 13 or something in there, she would do it in uh, multiples of 13. Mm-hmm. So most windows in the home had 13 panes of glass, which I also think they had Shakespeare quotes in the glass. Yep. And um, the greenhouse had 13 ceilings, which I think it was just like maybe 13 angles um, in the ceiling. And most of the walls and ceilings in the home itself had 13 panels. All of her steps had 13 stairs. Her will was divided up into 13 sections, and she signed it 13 times. 13 pages long. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. There was, also, there was <laughs> 13 bathrooms in the house, but like we said, there's only one, one shower. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the seance room that she, the lore is that she was very active in, has 13 hooks, and... There was an overflow drain hold um, in the sink in the, the hall of fires, which is that row with all the fireplaces. Mm. There, um, there was 13 holes in it. And kind of what people go on is 13 is believed to be a sign of bad luck uh, and a sign of death or death and birth of the spirit. So 13 is very symbolic. So they're just kind of thinking maybe that's why she kind of honed in on that. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so that was a lot of the weird stuff in the house, which, do you want me to go on with the ghosts? Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. So, um, the two, let's see. Oh, so the basement uh, is believed to be haunted. And (laughs) so she had a worker named Clyde. And so in the basement, a lot of people that uh, work in the Winchester now, they say that they'll see a guy um, pushing a wheelbarrow or working by an old coal chute. So he's just like this really friendly ghost that just mm. chills out in the basement. 
sure. So he, he's still working for and like taking mm. care of the house. Oh, he's earning his keep. Yeah. So he, he's very loyal. Um, from what I saw, there's nothing bad in the house. Uh, maybe just like weird stuff, but not like bad. And there's the third floor hall. And as of recently, it's believed to be, it, it has gotten uh, more activity recently and no one knows why. Mm. And I was watching, I was, I was watching BuzzFeed Unsolved and they <laughs> had a um, camera and you can go see these online, but they had a camera setting up and there's, they got on video a black shape arching up and coming down and like almost hitting the camera. Whoa. It, it flies directly towards the camera. No thanks. And it's against, so there's a wall and then a long hallway. So this uh, third floor hall is like kind of low to the ground and narrow. And you you can see it, it arches up and just flies right past it. Whoa. And um, so that was caught on camera. Tour guides will hear footsteps and voices coming from this area and they'll whisper their names. And no one knows who these spirits are. Um, and some tour guides won't even go into this hall. Like they just refuse to because the activity is so weird. Whoa. It makes them so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> the the other room that is really well known, it's called the seance room or the blue room. And this is where allegedly that Sarah would go every night and she would every single night go talk to the spirits. Uh, they would give her advice on the, the alterations to, that she would make to the house and she would just follow through on them and she would go in there every single night and talk to them. And uh, <laughs> the room itself, it, it has three entrances, one exit, so you can get into it three different ways, but you have to leave through one door. I don't like that. Yeah. And there's a false door that opens up to this drop. And uh, Is that the like multi-story drop or? No, because one goes outside. Ugh. So one will like drop you into the bushes outside like the open air. This one drops you uh, straight down into the kitchen. What? Yeah. And it, it's literally you open the door, drop. And... <laughs> Oh, it, it it just doesn't. I don't know. I it's yeah. It's I definitely hope you bring weird. me answers. <laughs> <laughs> will you will you answer some of my questions? Some of them. Okay. Uh, there was another door in this, and this is a seance room still. And you would open the door, and it just opens up, and there's a sink, and that's it. Just one sink. Hmm. Uh. In this room, it is believed that you can hear organ music and people work, will experience cold spots and dizziness. Mm. Yeah. Um, organ music is super creepy anyway. Organ music is creepy even when you see the person playing. Yeah, <laughs> it's just true. such an uncomfortable thing. And also in this room, like batteries will drain quickly. Uh, electrical equipment will malfunction. So this is like because she had spent so much time and I keep saying in theory because I don't know what you're going to say that's going to crush all this um, but this is where it is believed that she had spent almost all of her time when she was contacting spirits and the very last thing which I thought was really funny was so in 1924 Harry Houdini visited the Winchester house and around this time he was traveling the country and pretty much uh 
I can't. Uh, oh, debunking. That's that the word I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. He would just debunk mediums. He's like, you know what? I yeah. know all these lies. So I'm going to go around and I'm going to figure out what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call you out on your bull crap. And so he'd actually visited the Winchester house because he was like, oh, it's haunted. Like, I'm going to go see this and poo-poo it all. <laughs> and um, when he visited the home, this was 18 years after the earthquake. So there was a lot of damage to the house. And again, she just she just walled it off and left it alone. Yeah. And um, what year was this? That he visited? Uh, 1924. Okay. Yeah. And uh, this, uh, you had said this kind of, but when the earthquake hit, it just took three floors out. Yeah. So like massive, massive, massive damage that just literally went untouched. And so the house is kind of in this disarray when he visited. And um, he... Oh, okay. I kind of went on another tangent here. <laughs> so uh, one reason it's believed that it was untouched was when the earthquake hit, people believed that she had taken as a sign that the ghosts believed her construction was coming to an end and they were getting closer uh, to getting her because she'd been working on it so much and they were, they were just like throwing a sign like, we're, we're really close to coming and get you. Ooh. And so it's believed why she, that's why she had boarded it up and left it untouched. Which is weird. But, um, yeah, so that was the shape of the house when he had visited. And um, when he had gone, it was around midnight during the Halloween season. And when he left, he had nothing negative to say about the house and admitted to um, an air of unpleasantness and just, like, an odd feeling. Hmm. So he didn't experience anything. Yeah. But he went to debunk and, like, Say there was nothing there, but he he left with um, kind of believing in it. There was just something weird about it to him. Interesting. And when he left, he dubbed it the Winchester Mystery House, and that is the name that it remains to this day. That's true. So that's how I got the name. But, okay, now tell me how everything I said is a lie. Everything you said is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> no. Why? Okay, so first of all, Sarah wasn't crazy. She was a reclusive genius. Again, I'm going to defer people to the truth about sarahwinchester.com, which I was actually just kind of scrolling through a minute ago to, to like kind of refresh my memory on some of this stuff. I wondered what you were doing. Yeah, that's what I was doing. No, no, no. no, I was just refreshing on some things that I didn't write down. So the house is a puzzle and she designed it as a puzzle. First of all... The legend, the legend says that, you know, after, she, after William died, she went to a spiritualist by the name of Adam Coons to go for seances, and that's where she heard that the ghosts wanted her to move out west. Never even met the man. Oh, really? That didn't happen. She didn't believe in, she didn't believe in mediums. Oh, so that's she didn't, literally my entire argument. Yeah, she didn't believe in it at all. So she never even met the, the spiritualist. Like, she didn't believe in it. Wouldn't have gone to him. Did the guy exists, though. Yes, he okay. did exist. Adam Coons was an actual man, actual spiritualist, like very well known. She didn't. She was kind of in Houdini's camp. She didn't believe in any of that stuff, so she would not have gone to visit him. Um, she's never, never met him. Uh, she moved to California because that's where her family was, 
Remember, they all moved out there after the gold rush. So she really didn't have anybody. Her parents were dead. Like she didn't really have, I mean, she had friends on the East Coast in New Haven, but I would imagine that's probably like, it was a sad place. Like William had died there. Annie had died there. So she moved out West to be with her family. She actually built houses for her family. Like she, a lot of the land that she bought, the 144 acres, and she actually bought, built some houses on the 160 acres. So did the houses that she built for her family, did they all have doors that just opened? Yeah, no, they were normal. No, the houses (laughs) that she built for her family were totally normal. Like normal, normal houses. Um, she, she, there was no family curse. If there was a family curse about all of these ghosts that, or people that were killed by Winchester rifles, then why didn't she sell off her share of the Winchester rifles? She's making $26,000 She not only did not sell off her share of the Winchester rifle company, she bought more shares. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Um, in the days of the... So I mentioned that the townspeople like wrote articles in the tabloids and stuff about her and she just never bothered to refute them. The, it just grew. It was like a game of telephone. Like people would say, well, some I heard this and then the, the newspapers would publish it as fact. So she didn't bother to biz, like to waste her time on it. And no. they were like, oh, well, there's really something now. Yeah. She basically like allowed them to create her own legend. And in fact, when it opened as a museum, the the staff were encouraged to elab like elaborate and embellish on the stories and make up just flat out make up stuff. Oh. So in actuality, Sarah was obsessed with numerology. Mm-hmm. Like obsessed. She, because she was raised around Freemasons, she was kind of obsessed with masonry too. Loved numbers, loved puzzles, loved all of that kind of stuff. So um, the thinking is that there are basically everything in the house is, it's just a giant puzzle that she created for future generations. Like, she didn't do it for herself. She created it knowing that people would be coming through her house later because no, she's a smart woman. She's Sarah mm-hmm. Winchester. She knows that she is one of the richest women in the world. She knows that people are going to come visit her house one day. So is there like a, is there an answer to the puzzle or is it, I'm making something so bizarre to confuse you. Yes. And creating this lore. Basically. She, it's not even really, it's kind of a puzzle, kind of not a puzzle. Um, There's no real, so there's, it's not like one puzzle. Each room is a puzzle that kind of leads to another puzzle that leads to another puzzle. So like the Shakespearean windows that you Mm -hmm. mentioned, there's something in the Shakespearean windows that uh, is, it's a cipher. So it's a code in the Shakespearean windows that when you solve it, will lead you to another code that you have to solve. Oh. So the whole house is full of ciphers and everything was done intentionally. Everything was done with numerology in mind. Everything was done where the rooms were put had everything to do with Freemasonry and the labyrinth. So the labyrinth itself is the beginning when you become a Freemason, like there are different levels of Freemasonry and that's the basic level. You have to get through a labyrinth um, and and pass all of these tests to get onto the next level of Freemasonry. And so that's kind of how she designed the house 
which makes, I think, makes it even cooler than it just that a crazy really woman designed cool. it. Yeah, because it, it didn't make sense. Like, if she was crazy, people wouldn't just indulge her. Yeah. Like, like yeah, uh, she would, because she's, yeah, but yeah, still. she had everything is even the direction of the rooms are facing, like north, south, east, west, southeast, northwest, mm-hmm. comes back to Freemasonry and um, ciphers and uh, just scientific method, uh, just so much of it. And again, go back and read the article about her and about, I mean, it's very, it's too much for my brain to handle. Mm-hmm. If I were to go, I I actually would take that article with me if I were to go to the Winchester Mystery House and go through and say, okay, I can see this number here. I can mm-hmm. see this number here. I can see where she did this and where she did that. It is a very exact, and as far as like, some, but some of the things she did just, I I don't want to say that all of the things are exact, exact, mm-hmm. because there, excuse me, there is some correspondence um, back to some of her friends at home that she she was very, very smart. She, mm-hmm. I mean, she was a literal genius. But, she, I mean, everybody makes mistakes sometimes. So there would be times when she would just stop working on a project because, like, she did a measurement wrong or something or, like, she, she figured something wrong. Yeah, yeah, she figured something wrong and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so she just was like, I'm not going to finish that then. I'm going to go work on this thing instead. So then it's almost like there's false leads too. Like there's yes. a lot of puzzles. Yeah. And some things you're going to fixate on and it's not, it's just a red herring. Like it's not going Exactly. Anywhere. Exactly. That is really intriguing. It is. So the more that you know, I think this is one of those things that the truth is way better than any fiction. And I, yeah. I love it so much. Um, another thing that is a fiction that I kind of wanted to point out the legend has it that um, part, another part of the legend is that she was ordered to, like, the house building had to continue 24-7, 365, and if the building ever stopped, she would die. Mm-hmm. Not true. Yeah, because it stopped during the earthquake, right? Stopped during the earthquake. It actually stopped during one entire summer. It got really, really hot, and she just stopped mm-hmm. building during the summer, sent everybody home, and was like, it's too hot for you to work. Yeah. Like, go home. <laughs> So that's that's not even close to being true. Um, where they think that came from was one of the local newspapers, again, printed something about how it work was incessant and there was constantly hammering mm-hmm. and it was noisy and there was constantly stuff going on and everybody, like, they never stopped. So people just took it and ran with it. Mm-hmm. So, everything you know about the Winchester Mystery House is a lie. You heard it here first. There you go. <laughs> I don't... I And I'm not saying that there aren't ghosts there. There, I mean, if you caught it on camera, like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying there... Because... There's a lot there of people was, going in there and a lot of energy, too, going into the house. So, who that, knows? So, it could be residual hauntings. It also, I mean, there was an earthquake. I don't know if people were, I'm sure people were probably working on the house during mm-hmm. the earthquake. So some people may have died during the earthquake working on the house. Their spirits may haunt the place. Yeah. And um, I think I didn't read this part, but um, so Sarah, she died in the house mm-hmm. and the bed that she died in is still in there. Um, 
and this is random too, but she also, the legend says that she never slept in the same bedroom twice. Mm. Um, but no, the, the bed that she slept in is in that house. So a lot of people think that they see her too. Uh, one uh, tour guide said that she saw a woman who was dressed in um, clothes from that era and she just kept sighing. <laughs> <sighs> Huh, which would make sense. <laughs> that would maybe make she's sense. disappointed. Yeah. No one's yeah. like appreciating all the yeah, work. And it could like, oh, be. It I mean, clearly it took them how many years to find this other extra room that nobody even knew about. She's yeah. like, oh, let's just get to the room already. She's like, all of you think I'm crazy. And I literally am a genius. And this is all I have to show. And you think, oh, look, there's 13s everywhere. Right. And, oh, look at the door that goes <laughs> That's She's yeah. probably very disappointed. She, she, she probably is. She's like, ugh, these idiots. So if you go to the Winchester Mystery House, look for these things. Like there are ciphers on ciphers on ciphers. There are ways, things that are written in, in stained glass that don't make sense at first glance. But if you really study them mm-hmm. and if you study numerology, if you know anything at all about numerology, um, or maybe do a little bit of research on numerology before you go. You'll, I think you'll appreciate it a whole lot more. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. So, so there I, you go. The Winchester Mystery House. I did a bunch of research and it was uh, for not, but it's cool. No, it's not for not. It's, it's not for not? No, it's not for not. I needed you to tell me all of that stuff so I could tell you how wrong you were. So you could throw the gauntlet down. And be I like, absolutely could. You suck. No, you don't suck. I'm, I'm just kidding. But I am a little disappointed that the tour guides and stuff aren't interested enough in the truth that they have to fabricate stuff that's not even as good as the truth. I feel like, well, because I don't know. I feel like ghost tourism is so much more uh, appreciated Mm. than... Numerology tumor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. See how this number does this? (laughs) So maybe... I wonder if it's almost people have created the story and ha- I don't know how energy works. Casper is kind of the the pro on that, but maybe if they're investing energy into this and like telling these stories that they're almost um, like a self-fulfilling prophecy, like yeah, yeah, yeah. causing something to happen because they're telling these things and uh, hundreds of people walk through every day and they're getting scared and investing more and more energy. Yeah. So maybe there's something there with that. So a lot of that and a lot of the things too, I mentioned that she traveled for three years before she moved out West. Um, A lot of the time that she was traveling, especially Mm -hmm. in Europe, she spent studying cathedrals and studying um, architecture because she kind of knew that this is what she wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So she studied during those three years. Uh, And um, this was actually... it like the the mathematics and the science and the numerology and all of this was really popular at the time that she was doing this it not so much anymore but it was it was again this higher level awareness and consciousness of um you know and 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 sort of there it has its own lore like if you look into numerology and you look into freemasonry and you look into skull and bones and like mm-hmm. all of this stuff that has its own lore that she incorporated into the house and then people just totally misunderstood it yeah so it's kind of disappointing womp womp sorry yeah cuz i did 
I did a good amount of research and that didn't, I did search more of the haunted side, but that never came up. I watched a lot of videos and it's just, it's skipped over. Because it's not as entertaining. I think you're right. Like uh, flashy. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. But it's, I I think it's way more interesting. The reality of Mm -hmm. it is way more interesting. Um, So there you go. The truth about Sarah Winchester and the Winchester Mystery House. Everything you know is a lie. Everything you know is a lie. The end. (laughs) All right. So on that note, uh, if you have anything that you want to say to us, give us a shout out, mile13show at gmail.com. Find us on the interwebs on Facebook and Instagram. Jackie says she's going to put a picture of our pseudo Harambe up there so you can see what he looks like. Um, Leave us a comment. I don't know where or how that works, but you'll find a way. Yeah, absolutely. Tell your friends. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Thank you again. So many thank yous for... For us trending. For us trending and for our huge increase in listeners. Um, So thank you, thank you, thank you. We we love you all very much. You're all right. All right. So on that note, have have a happy week. Yeah. And we'll talk to you again next time. See ya. See ya. Bye.